Hey guys, welcome back to Switch Podcast. I'm Jake. And I'm also Jake. And today we're back with a very special episode. Today we have former NFL defensive tackle, Brian Price. Brian, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you doing? It's not a problem. So we're going to jump right in. Our first question is, what got you interested in football? Um, My dad, Coach. High school football at Crenshaw High, and um, I was always a ball boy. I was uh, too big to play pop Warner. Back then, the rules were a little different, and I remember going out for football at a young age, and they had me in a plastic bag running around trying to lose weight, trying to make weight. I just didn't like it. So I played baseball instead, and um, growing up, my two brothers, end up getting murdered. And it was just always hard growing up in South Central LA. And um so when I got in ninth grade, I just ended up playing football because I uh, instead of taking my anger out on the streets and all that nonsense, I just take my anger out on the field. And so it was just like a, a outlet that and drawn just a positive outlet for me. My dad was my first football coach and I'm great. It was always hard on me. And, you know, at that age, I didn't understand why. But as I got older, I understood it. But that was pretty much the reason why I started playing football. Yeah. Um, speaking of Crenshaw, you know, there's a football show called All American from Spencer Pacinger who went to Crenshaw High or Beverly Hills High. So, I mean, it's just, I think he was around the same time in the early 2000s. So I know growing up in a Tough neighborhood, having to like focus on football that must must have been hard. Yeah, like, I don't. Yeah, Spencer in the show he played at South Crenshaw. I think that's what they call it. But I don't. Spencer Paysinger didn't play at Crenshaw. I, I'm not sure where he went to school at, but yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool show, I guess. <laughs> uh, so growing up, uh, were you a follower of the NFL, and like, were there some players you liked kind of modeling your game after? Yeah, he's always watched football, just sports period. Um, when I was in like the second or third grade, I knew I'd be a professional athlete. Uh, I just, I just had that feeling. It's kind of like when you know, you know. And so I had that feeling at a young age, but I, I love watching um, Warren Sapp play. Um, but my dad, watching TV with my dad, I, I love Sanford and Son and like the original Little Rascals. We used to watch the um had him on tape the old little rascal shows and, and my dad would watch westerns but so I, he had me up on old school players so i wore number 92 because of reggie white and i like the story and they called him the minister of defense and i grew up in church and so i really liked his style of play and so that's why i wore number 92 and so he was one of my favorite players so what was that whole recruitment process like being ranked the fifth-ranked defensive prospect, being just a Coliseum defensive MVP and being one of the top recruits? It was surreal. Like, I didn't – I never thought I was really that good. You know, I was still humble. Um, I I knew I'll keep track of other athletes. And I just – I just go out there and play, you know, and have fun. And uh, like I said, I just take my anger out, not in a, like a bad way, 
I just always think about things that I go through. And I was able to keep it between the whistles and I'll be able to keep it on the field. And so I was very disciplined at controlling my anger and not letting it explode on the field or off the field. But being ranked, like, it was all a surprise. Like, I never, like, I had a dream of being a professional athlete, like I told you, at a young age. But as I got older in the ninth grade, you know, I never knew about the college process and all that stuff. I started playing in the ninth grade, and so I thought I'd be bagging groceries at Rouse or whatever. I knew I had a dream, but I didn't know how I was going to get there or what it took to get there because nobody in my family ever played ball and went to college for it and got drafted. So, man, I didn't know about any, you know, like camps and all that stuff. And so learning about rivals and scout and – being a parade All-American, once I found out how prestigious those awards are, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. So, and it was it was surreal. So you, you ended up staying in state for college. So was that something that played a big part in your decision? And was that like a tough decision to pick a college? No, I didn't plan on staying in state. You know, um, UCLA did a good job at recruiting. They reached out to my one of my high school coaches because he he played receiver there, and he was recruiting me really hard to go there. Uh, I was a really big fan of SC at the time, you know. Reggie Bush was there, Matt Liner, Lindell, and they had a squad. But during the recruiting process, you know, I seen kind of like Alabama or like any top team. A lot of high school guys want to go to school there, and so they'll get top guys at every position. And I wasn't intimidated by that, but I just felt like that was more bandwagon stuff. You know, guys want to go there to win an easy national championship or whatever. And SC wasn't far from where I grew up. And when I took my recruiting trip to UCLA, first off, I'd never been to that part of town before and so people mentioned UCLA I, I think Pasadena because of the Rose Bowl and so when I went to Westwood you know it's in between Bel Air and Brentwood and all these places you know you got Rodeo Drive not far I've never seen that part of town and so I really fell in love with the environment and the campus and I wanted to get a shovel in my hand and help build the foundation to a team and you know, my recruit class wasn't big, but it was more quality over quantity. And I just knew that I'd be able to help build something special um, instead of being a bandwagon guy. So what was it like playing so great in college at UCLA became the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year and getting all these prestigious awards, knowing that you were doing so great? So what was it like being honored? Oh, um, man, I... Like I always say, I always like remaining being humble, you know, because God giveth, He can take it away, you know. And I know how this this sport is, or any like entertainment, like they build you up and watch you fall down. And so, always want to, you know, I don't like my coaches all my high school head coaches always say, "Oh, they blowing smoke up your butt," you know. I never want people to big me up or hype me up, you know, 
And so I was always keep my head down and work. But at the time it was the Pac-10 when I won it, you know, I was a unanimous pick to get the Pac-10 Defensive Player of the Year award. And I didn't think nothing of it, but my coaches told me how rare that was that every coach in the Pac-10 voted for me to win that award. And I think that was the first time a UCLA player uh, won that award unanimously. And so uh, it was huge. And um, I mean, I enjoyed it, you know, putting in the work. I um, I just love going out there, playing with my comrades and just making memories and making plays, you know, like we played Tennessee and we went to Rocky Top, Tennessee, and I had like two sacks that game and like four TFLs, but one of my sacks came with like 15 seconds left in the game, and they were driving the ball trying to win the game, and I ended up getting a sack to eventually win the game. And like they at the time, they had the biggest stadium, and it was so many fans there with the orange and white on, and to be able to to shut a crowd up. Like, it's nothing better than that feeling. As a defensive player or any player, like, to make the home team, the home crowd, like, be quiet. And then they're going home upset, you know, because of how you played and because you won. Like, it, it's nothing better than that feeling, man. And and so I always love playing big games, you know, going into the Coliseum and our – whenever we played SC and just making plays, I used to always visualize it throughout the week. You know, even in the off season, I'll visualize myself making plays and how I would make the play and like enjoying the process of letting the play develop. Like, okay, I'm going a, I'm to a do this pass rush move or, you know, I'm like, I used to set up my pass rush. So I was like, okay, on the first play, I'm going to bull rush them. You know, that way, he's gonna, he, the next time he's going to think I'm going to do it again. But this time, okay, I'm going to beat him with speed. Okay, and then the next time he think I'm going to come with speed. So I got him discombobulated a little bit, and that's when I come with a jab step and come inside. And so it's an art to it, you know. It's like it's an art to anything. You know, I know a lot of kids think you just go out there and get sacks, but you really have to set up the pass rush and, you know, every player that you face is different. And so you really got to study, you know, study your opponent, you know, and have a plan so you can succeed. And so all that was fun to me, you know, and I enjoyed it. And it, it goes by so fast, you know, when you're doing it. And there was so many days, you know, I hate running, but there's so many things you have to do and fears you overcome, and when you do it, you're so proud of yourself. You know what I mean? Like, and it it just boosts your self-esteem, and it uh it adds value to your character. You know. So, what was it like getting the call that you're gonna get drafted in the second round? Like, what was that like for you? Uh, it was surreal. It was a little different. You know, I chose to stay at home with my family. I um just watching certain guys like the draft is just different. It's weird, you know. I knew if I would have went to a different school and we had a winning record, my God would have been with my the numbers I had. I would have been a top five, top ten pick. 
without a doubt. But, you know, I played at UCLA and a lot of NFL teams. You know, I remember Mike Tomlin, he told one of the guys at UCLA, was like, man, I'll never draft another UCLA guy again because of the guy he drafted. It didn't work out. I'm not going to say any names or whatever. And, um, but, you know, it's a lot of coaches that feel that way about UCLA. It's sad, but you know, there's a lot of dogs out of UCLA. But, you know, when I got that call, I was excited, but I knew it was time to go to work. You know, 35th overall isn't bad at all, but it, I just feel like I left so much on the table, you know, so much more I could have done or, you know, you know, I know my family was more happy than I was, but I, I knew the work was just now beginning. So what was it like coming off the IR your first season and then your debut sacking an all-time great QB like Matt Ryan? What was that whole moment like for you? Man, it was, it was fun because I knew that I, like the injury I got, it, I was the first player, the doctors told me I was the first player in the post with that surgery I had. And so my hamstrings pulled my bones apart. It's called the ischial tuberosity bone. And my hamstrings were so tight. We was doing this drill. My very I've never been injured in my career. And so my very first practice, rookie minicamp, I uh, my coach had a tennis ball on the ground like ten yards away at the get out of our stance, run and pick it up, and then finish the drill. And I went to go pick up that ball and like people heard it and I fell and they was yelling sniper. When you fall on the field, out of nowhere they yell sniper. And they just thought I pulled my hamstring. And as a football player, you know, you're tough, but you, you want to fight through pain and prove that you're supposed to be there. And so that happened in, like, May. I was just fighting through the pain. And they thought I pulled my hamstring, but I knew it was much more than that. It just swelled up so bad, and it would be black and blue. And and I kept trying everything they suggested, you know, hyperbaric chamber, PRP shots, quarters of Like, nothing was working. And I'd be able to practice one day, and the next two days I couldn't practice because it just hurt so bad. And I ended up playing – like four or five games, we played the Steelers, and they were giving me like taking pain as to play, and I never played on any of that type of stuff. It was like weird. And after the Steelers game, I, I was like, I need y'all to take an MRI or X-ray. Like this, it hurts. And that's when they found out my bones uh, were detached or whatever, and um, so I had to get two screws on each side. And the, and the lockout ended up happening, and it was just a lot. So I couldn't get physical therapy at the facility. And um, coming back, the lockout had ended, and they wanted me to get on IR again so I can heal up. And I was like, no, nah, I want to play. And so I ended up playing. I had a decent year for a nose tackle. <laughs> but your body is your business. You know, I wish I would have took that IR year again, you know, so I could heal up properly, but I was just forcing myself to play and um, didn't heal up properly. And it is what it is, but, you know, I, I am pretty tough to go out there and still play and, you know, 
Zach, Matt Ryan, and Aaron Rodgers and those guys, that, that felt good. Being able to fight through pain and, and still get sacks and whatnot, that was pretty dope if you ask me. But pretty stupid, too, because I ended up uh, hurting myself even more. But, you know, you live and you learn, right? Yeah. Uh, so what was it like playing for, uh, you know, a few teams, the Buccaneers, Bears, and Cowboys? You know, what was it like? You know, playing for different organizations and learning from new people there. Every experience, you know, experience is, is worth its weight in gold. And so, at first when I got traded, I got in a fight. You know, my sister I got killed, and that was my third sibling that passed away. And um, the NFL is way different than college. You know, it's a business. And if you go in there – knowing that and expecting that, like anything that happens, you're okay with this business. But the amount of loyalty players have to their new team, I just feel like the teams don't have that much loyalty towards them. And so when I got traded, it really hurt. And I was just dealing with personal issues as well. And so it was kind of like I fell out of love with football. You know, it was like, I didn't care at that point if I played or not anymore. And in football, if you're not mentally there, either you can get hurt or you can hurt somebody else. But when I got traded to the Bears, Rob Marinelli was there. He's a great coach. And so just learning from him, I really enjoyed the time I spent with him. And he was the one that brought me out to Dallas. And so I really wanted to play for him. And it didn't work out how I wanted it to, but the the experience I gained is being around him, you know, is, is second to none. I really enjoyed the process. You know, just looking back, everything happened for a reason. And the just sharing my story and helping young guys out, you know, is worth it. You know, every everything I went through is worth it if I can help some even reach one person and uh, change their life, you know? Yeah. So we're going to go into our last three, some fast answer, rapid fire questions. And our first is, who are some of your favorite teammates that you played with? Uh, Reggie Carter, Jenny, my own boy, uh, Courtney Viney, Raheem Moore. Yeah. Man, I got so many. All Tron Burner. Uh, I really has been... Uh, Gerald McCoy was pretty cool too. Um, and don't get mad if I don't mention your name. It was rapid fire, all of that. But uh, yeah, man, it was uh, everything I've been on. I love playing with the guys. It is, you end up building a bond that's unbreakable. I still talk to those guys to this day. Who are some of uh, your favorite coaches you got to play under throughout your career? Dwayne Walker, um, Raheem, uh, Coach Ra, Coach uh, Raheem Morris, Ra Marinelli, and uh, Coach Yarbs. Eric Yarbs was real cool. He didn't coach me per se, but he was on the coaching staff. And, you know, I messed with Coach Yarbs. Yeah. And our last question is: What are some of your? What's your favorite football memory? Favorite football memory. Man, that's 
with the R one. I don't know, it's too many. I remember the first play of the game, we played SC at the Rose Bowl. I think they had uh, T.J. Gable at running back. And they were uh, – he ran the ball, and I made him fumble. I got a TFL and forced fumble, first play of the game. You know, I thought that was pretty cool because on defense, you want to set the tone. You know, I thought that was a pretty cool way of coming out and setting the tone, the very first play of the game. Get a TFL with a, and cause a fumble. That was pretty sweet, you know. Um, I just love every moment of football, you know. Even good games, bad games, they're all good memories to me personally, you know. Okay. I mean, that's pretty much going to wrap up the interview, Brian. Thank you so, so much for hopping on our show. We hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Uh, have a blessed and prosperous day. And I love what you guys are doing, man. And uh, feel free to reach out anytime, man. And uh, I love to help out any way I can. Uh-huh.